Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us David Breer, a branding and rebranding rebel, keynote speaker and a best-selling author of Brand Intervention, 33 Steps to Transform the Brand You Have into the Brands That You Need. Oh my gosh, fantastic. David, welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it. Oh, so, so welcome. Look, can you expand a bit more on you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you'd love to work with? Um, basically, well, where I, I mean, I've been in business for 43 years. So I literally have been doing what I've been doing in that whole journey has been over four decades. Um, you can see in my office, you could see little bits of some of the artwork that actually I've paintings that I've done, artwork that I've done, designs that I've done for clients and stuff like that book, blah, blah, blah. I love, I love doing, I've, lo- I've always enjoyed the, the journey of discovery. I've always been mm-hmm. fascinated with the things that make, that make us pause, that make me stop and go, what was that smell? What was that sound? What was that visual? What was that, that color? What was that bus? Because I'm a native New Yorker. So what was that bus that drove down, drove down fifth, you know, uh, on, on fifth Avenue or Broadway. And it had this incredible, if you have young, if you have younger listeners, they will not know who the hell I'm talking about. But what was that Peter Max, that Peter Max artwork on the side of the bus with all these incredible colors that didn't look like anything else? What was that communicating? I love discovering, embracing and immersing myself and and riffing off of and playing with things that make you and I stop in our tracks and go, huh? That's, That's- the stuff. That, my friend, that is what this podcast is all about, that journey of discovery. I mean, we're chatting away offline before we press record. And it's yeah. a case of, okay, what do you want? what's the intention for this? And lovingly, it's, yeah, I want people to see, uh, who is that guy? What, who, what is that advice? Where did that come from? This, this discovery. And this is why we interview, so we can get all these stories, all these different perceptions and approaches and and from storytelling is one of the best ways of learning. So I, I kind of gather we're going to get a few stories from you today. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Well, hey, let's, where do we start this? Because I, I want to first of all hear from, from, from your clients, the people that you work with. What, yeah. is, what is the impact that you help your clients to have on, on their business, on themselves, but also for, for the impact that they have? Totally. So the basic thing is, is that the, first of all, I very, am very intentional that I work with small to medium sized businesses because I 
only work basically with CEOs or business owners. And mm. um, I have no interest in the layers of bullshit. I have no interest in bureaucratic, inner, inner political, just infighting or, or someone's making a decision based on they have some agenda for some, some career move that they envision in the next six to nine months. I don't give it. That's wrong. That's mm. bullshit. I want the, I want to be dealing with and speaking with the, the, the owner who had a vision, they had an idea Maybe it's derailed. Maybe they achieved a certain level of growth and it plateaued and they haven't known how to quite navigate it through because when they started it, there was no competition. And now there's more competition because the culture changed, technologies changed, et cetera. And I love doing that because, and it was actually not, it was actually just a few years ago that I actually really discovered the, the, the range of impact. I love empowering those who want to have an impact in the world, who are willing to disrupt a complacent industry or a complacent space where things have kind of gotten formulaic and mm. lost their spark. Yeah. So I love, I love helping those who create. That is so easily done because right now, especially in, in this world, it's the barrier of entry has been reduced so much. So many people can can start and follow your passions and do the work you want to do. And there's so much noise out there and so many gurus and programs and platforms and strategies to follow. Do this. You need to do that. And things start to look the same, sort of feel the same, sound the same. We lose our, our identity. We lose our authenticity. And I see time and time again, the people coming through that's like, hold on. You mean I, I don't have to do that? I don't like that. I don't enjoy that. I can I can do it my way. And I feel that's kind of similar with, with your story as well. Yeah, yeah, completely. Completely. And so it's so it's one, it's it's gaining. I have what I call passionate impartiality, meaning I really, really, really give a shit about the success of my client. Mm. I also am not married to what they have done up till now. So I don't have that emotional, oh, attachment or, oh, this is my baby that I've coddled from this little embryonic little idea to, you know, now a full grown something. Um, mm. So I don't have that, that attachment. So I'm willing to go, hey, this is the part that works. This is the part that's crap. It no longer serves you and it no longer serves your client base. And here's where we now need to evolve it. Here's the next chapter or next several chapters. Um, and so I have that, I call it passionate impartiality. I'll lean in a thousand percent, mm. but I'm impartial. I'm able to have objectivity where they can't. They're too close. They're proximity. They're, it's like, it's the, it's the same reason why, why we can always solve another person's problem, but we can't, it's harder to solve our own, but it's mm -hmm. so much easier to solve another's. Oh, absolutely. I want to sort of zoom in on, on that moment where you're you're explaining with with curiosity, empathy, and love and a directness about it, which is hey, you need to shoot that bit, take that out of the back and shoot it. It's done. Yeah. What is that like and how is that received? Maybe initially, and then what's the reaction once they realize, oh okay, I think you got a point. I see it now. What's that journey for 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 them like? It's it's actually. I've learned it is welcomed with open arms. Now you can, and like anything, things can be done with finesse or things can be done abruptly and very abrasively. Uh, the same, the same concept, the same basic idea, but 
you know, but it's just, there's, so there's an art I've learned to, I've learned over the years to take my, my native New York directness and, and communicate it in such a way that it's not, it's not an, an, an assault on another's creativity or another's um, ingenuity or another's mm -hmm. um, initiative, but it's like, Hey, here's the deal. I've looked at who your audience is. I've looked at who your competition is. I've looked at what you're doing. Here's the problem. So I'm looking now, I'm looking at it with them. Not, I'm not going, you blah. So it's not this. I've shifted it and framed it. So it's us looking at this together, but I'm bringing to them an objectivity that they are unable to have on their own mm -hmm. thing. So that way they're looking at it. They're going, huh? So literally I, I, I can't, I can't recall the last time I got pushback. I don't mm -hmm. get pushback and they go, thank you so much because more often than not too many of us, I'm glad for that. I don't have those in my life. And I, I try and eliminate it in any of my clients' lives. Too many of us have what I call people who are just being agreeable to be agreeable and they're being yes people. Mm. We don't, we don't grow. If someone's just sort of gratuitously saying, yeah, that's a good idea. Give it your, you know, it's like, that's, that doesn't, that doesn't advance us. Yeah. You, you, know, you know, give me honest feedback. And if it's, and if it, if it validates a concept, great. If it, if it challenges a concept and we flesh it out and there's rationale behind it, great. But that, that concept of being on on that side of the table, I think it was, it was maybe Chris Voss explained this with negotiations. It's like, hey, it's, it's not me against you. It's if we are on the same side of the table, it's me and you against the problem. Well, now you've joined forces. This concept is transferable. And so that way of working, you can you can be more. I mean, I get away so much because of the British accent. Of course I do. But you can be more brash, cut the bullshit even sort of really direct at times and it's received in the way because you have positioned yourself in a place where it's not their protection isn't up it's not that why syndrome that we have from kids why 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 you have to explain and justify and complain and deflect you've removed that barrier so if you take nothing away from this podcast episode except this being on the same side of the table can change the whole complexion I love that. Thousand percent. And and here's here's just one. I'll I'll add one more layer to that. For those that are actually listening, if you are ever talking, if you if you deliver public speaking in any capacity, just taking this is the concept in that context. Change the you when you're talking to the audience to we, and you will entirely change. It's like you know one of the things that we as let's say let's say you're talking to a bunch of entrepreneurs that we as entrepreneurs face right or mm -hmm. we as people face or we as men face or we as women face or we as um uh, our, our creators face you will change the context the same way you will put yourself in the same lens looking at the world together not apart yeah beautifully put love that um I want to just touch on one more point now because it was actually Kate and I were talking this morning about this and it's dropped in at the right time. The way you're saying your passionate impartiality, yeah. the way that, and we were joking offline about the similarities in you know, different businesses, but the same approach to, to helping. And we realized that we're the information that we help give to entrepreneurs, to CEOs, it can be, it's so helpful, but disruptive. And it's like, just to sit on that for a moment helpful 
but disruptive. When you sort of change everything, you see the things in a different way, you lift the veil, you have realizations and understandings like, oh shit, fuck, now what do I do? It's like, okay, in that moment, here we're in crisis mode. Let's work through this. It's disruptive, but it's also part of, it's part of the journey. So I want to go down your journey. When in your in your career, maybe more recently, because there's always challenges. When have you found things to be kind of disruptive? And it's like, oh shit. Okay. There is some inner work. There is some development. There are some challenges that maybe you thought you'd solved or they kind of come back looking different. What was that like? Well, I mean, the I mean, sort of a, it's, it's an interesting question because I've never, I've never separated myself from my business in the factor that I have since, since my teens, I've always been very um, aware of, of increasing my self-knowledge, increasing mm. my self-awareness, doing things to elevate my ability and skill set to add more value so that at the end of a conversation with someone or at the end of a meeting with someone that I always leave every one of those with the person enriched and me and, and having gotten more value than when we started. Hmm. That's always been um, a theme. And, and so I've, I've, I've never, I've never got, I've never stopped in, uh, in my entire career, like really going, okay, making sure that I am getting personal enhancement and enrichment to be the best version of myself as I continue in, in my career. I could, yeah. I could, I couldn't separate those because I, I know the breakthroughs that I have had have been the result of being self-aware, but I want to make one thing clear though. I think the way a lot of people do approach self-awareness is actually not self-awareness. I call it selfish awareness. And I'll make and the, and the distinction is this. If self-awareness does not result in you or I being more capable of helping another, to me, it's selfish awareness, not self-awareness. If self-awareness does not result in an, in, in an increased ability to provide more value to others, I find it to be not self-awareness, but selfish awareness. That's my own distinction for myself. Hmm. That's nice. an interesting sort of take on that. And yeah. let me let me caveat that with real personal development should make you more, more of who you should be. It should be bringing you out with your skills, your qualities to, to engage in this world as more of you, not pretend to be other people. So from that point of view, to be more you without the, the fears, without the negative emotions driving us, well, that has to come and be beneficial because you show up differently. You show up authentically. That by association, I think, comes to your point of, yeah, you do start to continue to leave little nuggets. You want to leave a room better than you fucking found it. That's kind yeah. of the one, a one guiding principle of unforget yourself. All we have to do is leave somewhere, every interaction, everything a little bit better than we found it. Yeah. Then we just won the day. That's, that's beautifully put. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, when I hear some people talking, I mean, you know, occasionally I'll hear someone saying, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. And, and it just got, 
and their self-awareness got more inward and more inward and more inward and more inward, which means more, more isolated and more disassociated and more insular. Mm. That's selfish awareness. That's not self-awareness because self-awareness to me, and then I'm talking from my personal experience, self-awareness has always, always resulted in me being bigger, me being more expansive, me mm. being to include others, me being able to assist others with greater efficiency, with mm. greater, with less, less effort, more magic. Mm. Now, th these levels that you continue to grow and plow through and keep on evolving, because we all change, we always have transitions. Um, what, what do you find? Because you, it sounds like you're very good at approaching, seeing, having that awareness, but you're not immune from, from fears and doubts and overwhelms. So what what are those what are those fears that you maybe you're good at catching them but what are those that you find sort of time and time again they they sort of pop up and until you catch them it's like hold on what what do you notice i don't i wouldn't i i have a different answer to that because i the, the premise i don't i don't i can't i can't be uh i can't respond truthfully to the prep to the premise that there i i don't encounter i don't I, I, I it's where i am it's where i live i don't encounter like lots of fears or angst or or, or anxieties that's what i the the things that i run into are frustrations of damn it i could have done something better i could have mm -hmm. done something faster i could have been a little more a little more effective or possibly uh, you know, th those are, those are my points of damn, you know? Mm. So it's more that. So it's not like, Ooh, cause I'm not, I'm not, I don't shrink from much. I don't back down from much. If someone's a complete fucking dick, I will say, look, you're being a real fucking dick. Okay. And here's, and here's the thing about that. And it's not that you're being a dick. It's that you're the, well, the actions you're taking, the choices you're making, you're choosing the wrong freaking fight to have, and I don't agree with it, and I'll explain it. Hmm. Now, we may see eye to eye, or they may say, well, fuck you, you're a dick too. And I'm like, well, you just proved my point. Thank you. That's the end of our chapter, knowing know each other. I wish you the best of luck, the best of success. Now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so just be, I mean, I, I, it's just so a, it's, it sounds like through through your career through your experience you've been able to build up this you know those those fears those doubts they don't affect you they don't sit with you for long right it's the you it's the performance cycle that we talk about it's doing the fucking thing it's getting the natural result of that and it's like hold on is that good or bad is it right or wrong is it what i wanted what i expected what next can i go bigger can i go different so you're not in the protection cycle where the right. fear lives where the justifications where the excuses yeah. Until you come on the podcast and make excuses why you didn't research us before you came on. I gave you no excuses. I gave you no excuses. I told you. You, did. you said up. you were too busy. You told me you were too busy. That wasn't an excuse. I'm calling, was, David, I'm calling him out live on this. Oh my gosh. You, you, you can call it, but I didn't say, you know what? I had more important thing. I, but, but, that would have been excuses. I just said, I said, my schedule, I didn't fit it in. That was it. That's all I did. And if that's an excuse, I, I will I then, okay. I didn't see it as an excuse. I'll leave it but at that. We, we kind of digress here. There's the protection and then there's a recalibration of always you know, that, that fear, that doubt, that understanding what's controlling us and then understanding and taking responsibility. But it's that next phase, the third, the performance cycle. Mm -hmm. it sounds like that's where you're excelling. So you're zipping through the protection and the recalibration into the performance. And that is what you 
where you enjoy, where you thrive with your energy. Yeah. But it is that, ah, so let's, that one chink in your armor. Let's just touch on that because I think it's important to be completely open and, and share our, our kryptonite. So it sounds like that kind of frustration. It's that, okay, well, how can I do this better? How can I improve it? What's that? Can you expand on, on how that fuels your momentum and, and motivation in a, in a good way, but also in maybe an unhealthy way at times? Um, I guess I would... I mean, the, the only thing that I... The only aspect of, with regard to that is the is my my area of brilliance and and talent is in the realm of of creating things putting things into motion putting things into existence aligning things that others were like how the hell did you connect those dots like that to that what and I'm not, and I'm, and I am not, I'm not, I'm not the systems guy. I'm not the guy who sits. I mean, there's some people, there's some people who are freaking brilliant. It's like, oh, they're, they'll like systematize this. And it's like, boom, but boom, it's like this and this, and that, you know, and it's like, I'm not the systematize. I, I am like, I'm, I can, t I can take disparate components. I can take something broken and I can make it freaking remarkable. I can, I, I can do stuff that from the outside looking in seems magical. To me, it's native, but I think that that's true for almost anybody on varying varying degrees. What you know, there, I'm sure there are things that you consider normal that you do, and others look on. How the hell did you do that, Mark? That was like crazy. That was amazing. Good. So, so your normal is their magic. My normal is other people's magic. So we each have those little areas of magic. Systems are not my. That is my, if I had, that's my kind of like, damn, if I could only do blah, 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 blah better, that would really, really make certain, certain uh, journeys more simplified, more streamlined mm -hmm. and better. And that would be great. That would be, I mean, if I were to say like, that's, that is something I'm like, God, I'd really love to, I'd love to be better at that. You know, that's not something I'm really, I, it's not my, not my place where I go. All right. So let's let's just tap on that magic. So with your ability to hold yourself, to top yourself up, to be this motivational, driven, positive, not controlled by too many external factors. How what are your what are your routines? What are your tactics that maybe in the moment keep yourself keep yourself at this level that you love to work and that keeps you with this clarity and awareness that you that you obviously use so well? What's, what are they for you that you might share with other people to help them to to tap into this for themselves? I would say, I would say, um, it's something that I actually I, I talk about occasionally, um, and it's always interesting to me that when I mention it, people go, "Huh? Can you say that again?" And it's basically this: it's. I'm a, I'm a very, I know the importance of space. And I'm going to elaborate what I mean by that. I don't mean the space you're in. I don't mean the space you're in like, oh, it's a safe space. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like one's personal space. 
and, and to give it some meat and make it give it context. Every one of us has experienced like there are areas of life or activities in life where we own the room. Like that's where we're comfortable as hell. And that could be for some people it might be on a stage. For other people, it might be in front of a room of people. For other people, it might be one-on-one. -on -one. That's just like their thing. For others, it might be um, helping another, like do something, um, et cetera. So we each have had an experience, at least one, probably many. But if you start to look at it, I can guarantee if people start to look at this, they'll go, holy shit. Every time I'm in this kind of circumstance, I actually tap into that little power of mine. And they mm. will not have noticed it. But the thing is, is that, so that's when I say space. So, and it circles back to the one I was talking about with regard to self-awareness versus selfish awareness. It's like that, that aspect of space. There are places, so, that, so I'm just giving the concept of space. Let's take the opposite. What's the opposite? Where Places where we shrink. Ooh, we're intimidated by, right? Well, the thing is, is that I am an enormous advocate of what are the spaces that we excel at? Because the more we lean into those places and spaces that we excel at, the more we will validate that and the more that will expand, right? We, and we, it expands by us engaging in that activity more, doing it more, get, you know, finding what works in that space, finding what doesn't work, trial and error. We learn by observing mm -hmm. and we see. And so are we expanding or are we shrinking? Because I, the, the one, it's one of the great lines that I love from Peter Drucker is you can't shrink your way to greatness you know, and I've always loved that. And I think whenever I talk about that, people go, huh, because I know everyone listening to this right now will, they can remember a time, if not multiple times, when it's like when you owned the room, you owned the space. Sometimes it was something you discovered. Sometimes mm. it might be you had a big confrontation with someone you were sure was going to be, an, oh, it was going to be a meltdown. And you freaking rose to it and you like, boom. And then all of a sudden you were like, holy shit. I just owned something that I was sure was going to devour me. Space. So I, that is, that for me is the thing. It's like, and it's not only am I creating space for myself. Here's where it gets magical. This right now, this is the, right, what I'm about to say is the magic point. How much space am I creating for myself? and the others involved in that activity. Mm. Am I expanding my space to make space enough for them to flourish, for them to grow, so that it becomes a we, not a me, but a we, and that's where the freaking magic comes from. And that's that's the oxygen that I feed off of. There's, there's the empowerment. I mean, this is the second phase, and don't forget yourself, the alignment phase. You're talking about being in alignment with the space the place the technology the platform whatever it is what when you find that alignment when you're good at something when you when you know this is this is my zone of genius rather than doing the dumb shit that you don't want to do or that you're told to do when you align with hey i'll i'll and we wonder why we get so much better for some people podcasts are not for them and if they try it they're gonna fail they're gonna hate it they wonder why it won't work. Others, if this is your jam, oh my gosh, you're going to succeed. Finding those right places, or as you said, spaces, absolutely. That's a huge, huge part. I and, want to... And, and just let me just interject one final thought, and then I want to hear your question. Jump in. 
the 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 metric the metric that I that I personally use for that is not have I expanded my space. That's not the metric I use. The metric is how much have I how much have I, has it expanded, and I measure that by how much have the individuals that are participating in this activity been impacted. And if I don't have if I don't have impact there, it doesn't matter how much space I've felt that I've occupied. If I have not impacted others, my space, I do not consider it. It's actually expanded. I gauge it by how much it has benefited others. Then let's make it really authentic with like an authentic sales system. If if you're good at webinars, for example, if that's your space to empower the people coming on, be like, oh my gosh, who was that guy? I've learned so much. Yes, I I hear it now. I've heard these things before, but now. In, in your British accent, I now hear it. Oh my gosh. But if that same person tries TikTok, dancing around, it doesn't feel right for them. The audience aren't going to take that, that what the message, what the energy they're trying to get across. So there we are, spaces. You're trying to do the wrong thing, it won't work. And therefore, as to your point, the audience won't improve. It's a wasted platform. It's a waste of everyone's time. Yeah. Um, so with that, there was a little tangent I was going to try and go off. And let me try and see if I can and get back to this. So with the alignment, do more of it. Do more of your good. If you're in a zone of genius, how can you do more of that? And as you grow from entrepreneur, entrepreneur to CEO, you've got to start letting go of all those jobs, all those things that don't light you up, that don't move the needle. Get in your zone of genius. So what was that quote? Remind me again, the one that you just From Peter Jocker? Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, you can't shrink your way to greatness. I'm going to flip that on its head. I'm like, okay, let's, I'm not saying that's wrong, but I want to sort of just break that apart. What if you can shrink your way to genius? What if there actually is a way for the business owner to do less of all that other stuff, shrink your responsibilities, shrink until you are only in your zone of genius. So you do shrink your way to success. You do shrink your way. It's a different way of looking at it. So I'm not challenging it. I'm just saying, how can we use that as a, another positive? So I, you can shrink your way. Well, I, well I, I, would, I would basically rephrase it slightly like this, is that basically I don't consider that shrinkage as much as I consider it, okay, focusing, narrowing one's specialized focus and delegating those other things. So it's like, just the fact that one might be delegating does not mean that they are shrinking. It means that they're actually putting in efficiencies so as to widen. So, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't see that as, as, as shrinkage. Besides, besides the, that reminds me of my most favorite quote from Elaine from, uh, from Seinfeld, where, where she was shocked because George had come, she had come into, walked into George after he had been swimming and she looked and she looked down and because he didn't have his trunks on, he was changing. And she goes, and, and, and he goes, he goes, I'm, and she was like embarrassed. And she looked away and, uh, and, and he goes, he goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, look, I was swimming. It shrinks. She goes, <laughs> they shrink. And Jerry shows up and he goes, yeah, like a frightened turtle. <laughs> hey, but guys, no one likes shrinkage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, look, Hey, David, thank you so, so much for being here, for playing along, for sharing your perspective. And uh, yeah, just having fun along the way. It's been, it has been so much fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, if you want to find out more about, more about you and the work that you do, where can they find you? 
They can certainly, well, you can certainly hit me up on LinkedIn where I hang out a lot, but uh, but certainly they can go to risingabovethenoise.com, R-I-S-I-N-G, risingabovethenoise.com. And if you want to, if you want to just have your mind blown, I can, all, all I can tell you is this is not like any book you see. This is the size of the type. Okay. It's three times the size of like the normal font. Cause I did, I did not believe as you, as you have learned from this conversation, I don't like to say things with 50 words or, or 50 paragraphs when I can say them in two. So, ah, so you do like shrinkage. There we are, my friend. There's shrinkage right there. That's the kind of shrinkage. That was the kind of shrinkage that that allowed me to go, use bigger type. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. David, thanks again. This has been so much fun. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Oh, dude, you're welcome. Yeah. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.